0: Coming to the message for today, when, when I was seven years of age, we moved home and we moved about two miles away from this, that's coming up on the screen. That's Ingleborough, so that's in North Yorkshire and uh, this mountain that was right out in the distance from my house was the first mountain that I ever climbed. It was a series of steep and easy slopes with a few plateaus thrown in. And I remember as I was seven, well, maybe I was eight by the time I climbed it. But remember, I got to this point where I thought I'd almost reached the top. And, and there was this natural urge to keep going. Just a few more minutes, I thought, and I'll be at the summit. And then there was this huge disappointment. As I came up this slope and saw this plateau with another huge slope straight ahead of me. And, and at that moment there was an internal wrestling match going on inside of me. Part of me just wanted to give up. You know, I'd given everything. I felt I was spent, and I just wanted to sit down. And the other part of me wanted to conquer the mountain. I wanted to finish the course. I didn't want to be a quitter. There were two things that helped me keep going. The first was the example of others. I was walking with quite a few people and they just kept walking. They, they didn't stop, they just kept going. I thought, I'm going to get left behind. So there was something within me that thought, I'd better stay with these folk. And it was that that kept me walking. So firstly, it was encouragement of others and then I encouraged myself. As I was walking with them, I thought, yeah, I do want to conquer this thing. I do want to keep going. And I went up the next slope and found another plateau and another slope. But I kept going to the very top. That has been my experience of my relationship with God. Obeying him has been a bit like climbing Ingleborough. There have been moments of steep slope obedience where I've just wanted to quit. And there have been easy plateaus and they have been relatively easy, gentle slopes. The title for this morning's message that describes this lifelong journey is Sons and Daughters Learning Obedience. The most important thing that's kept me going is Jesus Christ, <laughs> and the example of Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at Jesus Christ in Hebrews 4 and 5, We're not going to read all of that, but we're going to read a small part of Hebrews 4 and a few verses in Hebrews 5. So if you've got your Bible, turn with me. If not, then don't worry about it. Just listen. So Hebrews 4 verse 14. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And chapter 5, verse 7. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And was designated by God to be high priest in the order of Melchizedek. So, whenever in my walk as a follower of Jesus Christ, I felt like quitting. Jesus has been my example of steep slope obedience. There were two massive steep slopes for Jesus Christ. The first one was becoming the babe in the manger. And the second was being crucified, paying the price for our sin to set us free. Both of these examples cry out to you and me this morning, come on! keep going, press on, don't give up. You know, we might be asked by Father God to take a downward step in terms of our environment, but compared to to him, nothing compares with it. The splendour, the supreme splendour of heaven to a smelly stable on earth. From freedom of spirit... To the confines of Mary's womb. Get your head around that. That is a big step down in terms of environment, isn't it? None of us will come close to that. We're dedicating Mary today, and it's interesting that these two steep slopes of obedience for Jesus Christ both were steep slopes of obedience for Mary. These two slopes impacted Mary's life in a very powerful way. Mary believed the words of the angel when the angel said, You will give birth to the Son of the Most High and his kingdom will never end. And Mary said, Bring it on. Make it so. May it be to me as you have said. That is faith. That is fair to say, I'm going to walk this steep slope. It was a steep slope because, you know, imagine going to tell your mum and your dad that you're pregnant by the Holy Spirit. I'm a dad. (laughs) If Mary had come to me and said that, I would have thought, come on, just who is it? You see, there is a ripple effect to steep slope obedience. First Jesus, then Mary, then a family. Ashley and Gemma are embarking on steep slope obedience. They're going to Kingswood in Bristol. And there is a ripple effect. Mary has no choice, and Harry, they're going as well. That ripple effect hits them. And then this loving church family that have poured much into Ashley and Gemma will be left behind. And it will just be a small embryonic church plant. That is steep slope obedience, isn't it? You know what happens when we take steps of faith, whether it be on the plateau, whether it be on the slope, or whether it be on the steep slope, is God loves Faith. The heir of the kingdom of God is faith. And so what's what's happened? Well, so far, Harry has got a school place in Kingswood, Bristol, even before they've moved. That's pretty good, isn't it? Ashley starts a job on the 6th of August in Kingswood, Bristol. That's pretty good, isn't it? All that they need now is a house in Kingswood, Bristol. I I don't want to honour you this morning. I want to honour you, Ashley and Gemma, for having the courage for steep, slow obedience in moving to Kingswood, Bristol. And that hasn't been easy, has it? Particularly over the last few weeks, it's not been an easy ride. So well done. You know, there are sons and daughters learning obedience. And if you are a Christian today, you are a son or a daughter learning obedience. You learn obedience by obeying. There's no other way of learning. You learn to ride a bike by riding it. We learn obedience by just doing the next thing, however small it is. Sometimes the small steps of faith are harder than the big steps. All are really important. See, the best way that Ashley and Gemma can model being good parents, is to be obedient sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, of a loving Heavenly Father. Jesus said this, I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. John wrote a biography of Jesus Christ in the first century. And from chapter 12 through chapter 17, 55 times he records Jesus saying, Father. Father. 55 times. Although he was a son, yet he learned obedience. It's so important that Jesus knew who he was. He knew he'd come from the Father. He knew he was returning to the Father. He was the eternal Son in whom the Father was well pleased. I don't know at what point Jesus knew that. I don't know that when he woke up, as it were, as a baby, he just knew. I don't know if it was his very first thought as a baby, I am the Son of God. Or whether it was Mary. Who said to Jesus, the words of the angel are these, that I will give birth to the Son of the Most High, whose kingdom will never end. We don't know, but one thing we do know for certain, Jesus knew that he was the Son of God. So important that he knew his identity. And it's so important that we know our identity. And I want to ask you this question. It's a very, very important question. Do you know that you're a son of God? Do you know that you're a daughter of God? If you don't, then before you leave, you can know. You can know. There's an invitation for you today to know the Father through Jesus Christ. I'd urge you to do that this morning if you don't know. It's important that we know our identity as sons and daughters of God. Why is it so important that we know that we are sons? Well, I don't know about you, those of you who are already followers of Christ. When, when I serve God as Father rather than Master and Lord and King, I find it easier. He is my Lord He is my sovereign. He is my king. But he's my father. He's my father. He's my father. Just imagine our queen and Prince Charles because it's his mum, isn't it? The queen is Prince Charles's mum. But she's also his sovereign, she's his queen. Imagine that they're in the palace having a meal together and the queen says to Charles, will you go to Kenya to represent me? Will you go on this trip in my name, and my authority and represent me? Now, Prince Charles could have a number of responses to that. Two main ones, you know, she's a controlling old biddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to Kenya. She can send Andrew. Let him go and do it. I'm not going to be controlled by her. Or he could think, I love my mum. She's given me this invitation to go in her name and her authority. I will go and represent her. You know, when the first lens of our glasses, I go to Specsavers. This shouldn't be advertising, should I? Sorry. <laughs> but when the first lens of our glasses is is father, and the second is sovereign, I see much clearer. You see, my heart is softer when I serve as a son. It's harder when I serve as a slave. You know, a father will wrestle with his son, will wrestle with his child in bringing them round as it were, They don't demand instant obedience, but a king does. Second World War. Stories of soldiers refusing to obey command. At best, court-martialed at worst shot. They were on Her Majesty's service. You do as you're told. You jump. There's no wrestling. It's jump and obey, rather than journey and obey. Journeying in obedience to the Father is seen in Jesus' second slope obedience. He, he wrestles with the Father. Isn't that amazing? There is Jesus' will, and there is the will of the Father. And Jesus said, I don't want to do this, Father. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said, Father, take this from me if it's possible. But if it's not possible, Your will, not my will. I think that was one of the most painful and difficult wrestling matches in the entire history of the world. If not the most difficult. And Jesus says the same thing again. And then at the end of it, he submits to the will of the Father. He had to lay down his will in order to obey the will of the Father. We have to do exactly the same. Donald Guthrie commentating on this aspect of Jesus from Luke two fifty two, he says this, it's coming up on the screen. When Luke says that Jesus advanced in learning, he means that by a progressive process, he showed by his obedience to the Father's will, a continuous making of God's will his own. Reaching its climax in his approach to death, the cry of acceptance in the Garden of Gethsemane was the concluding evidence of the Son's obedience to the Father. So there's a real hard part to following Christ. Following his example, being a child of God. But, there is the most rewarding and exciting and brilliant aspect to do this. Because Hebrews 12.2 says of Jesus, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Obedience does this. Obedience results in a close relationship with the Father and the fulfilment of the mission for which we're on planet Earth. That is exciting stuff, isn't it? There's a great joy in that, isn't there? To fulfil the mission that you put on this planet for is pretty exciting stuff. And to have a close relationship with the Father is the Heavenly Father is an amazing, incredible thing. Earlier we watched a film of Ciarán's of story. And he explained it very well. He said that he was living in rebellion to God. He was going his own way, doing his own thing. And he felt cursed. But his mum shared about Jesus with him. And Evelyn's not here this morning. She's so on holiday She shared about Jesus with him. And he turned in obedience to God the Father. It was just a little turning. his heart turned, he was smashed by the love of God, the love of Jesus. I, I love that. I love that description. See, when we turn from our will to go in his will, that is when we experience the power and the fullness of the love of God. If there is an eternal, all-powerful Father God who desires relationship with us, then a lifelong journey of obedience as a son and a daughter must be the wisest and most fulfilling thing that we could ever do, isn't it? Let me say that again. If there is an all-powerful Father God who desires relationship with us, then a lifelong journey of obedience as sons and daughters must be the wisest and most fulfilling thing that we can do. And to be honest, if we miss that, we've lost the plot. What are we doing if we don't do that? If there is a Father God in heaven and we're not doing that we have missed the whole purpose of being here on planet Earth. Wouldn't it be sad to miss the whole purpose of being here on planet Earth? I was 14 when I ventured up this first steep step slope of obedience to turn from going my way and my will to go in the way of the will of God, the will of the Father. Those of you who have done that, it is a steep slope, isn't it? Yes? Did anybody find it easy? I didn't find it easy, but it was a decision that, that changed my destiny and my life completely. But it was scary, absolutely scary intellectually it was a very steep slope putting my faith in a God that I couldn't physically see is scary I already believed in things that I couldn't see such as the wind and electricity you know I believed when I went out in the in the wind I could feel it I could feel the effects of it it, it touched my face it moved my hair didn't need to see it to believe it I felt it Electricity, I put the switch down a the light comes on. and I don't fully understand electricity, but I know it works. As a 14-year-old boy, I knew that God was speaking to me. I knew that he was speaking into my heart. I knew that he was challenging me to stop being rebellious and going my way, doing my own thing, to turn and go his way and follow him. I knew that that was going in my heart. I can't explain that. But I knew. And I had a choice to make. Do I go up this steep slope of obedience or do I avoid it and go around and do my own thing? I chose to take that step of faith. We've only two choices. There's either our own kingdom, which is in the kingdom of darkness, or God's kingdom, the kingdom of light. I think that David Tripp puts this so well and it's going to come up on the screen. The choice that we have. We were never meant to be self-focused little kings ruling minuscule little kingdoms with a population of one. God's grace invites you to be part of something that is far greater than your boldest and most expansive dream. His grace cuts a hole in your self-built prison and invites you to step into something so huge, so significant that only one word in the Bible can adequately capture it. That word is glory. Glory. We can step into something spectacular, something... Wonderful, the glory of God. Another way that we could describe this is Isaiah 61 verse 3. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. Why? For the display of his splendor. So we see an oak of righteousness and it's coming up now. We see an oak tree and isn't that splendid? Isn't that spectacular? Isn't that awesome? That is what God wants us to be like, but how do we get one of those? Well, the next slide shows that it comes from one of those that is put into the ground and dies. And if it dies, it produces, the next slide, if it doesn't die, it remains alone. A little kingdom, just a tiny little kingdom, a lonely kingdom. Pathetic kingdom. When it could have the splendour of an oak. The choice is very, very simple that we have this morning. It's a very straightforward choice. We can either be a little acorn with our own little kingdom that's all about us. Or we can die to that. And we can choose God's way. And we can become a mighty oak of righteousness. That is the choice. It's only by being sons and daughters, learning obedience to Father God, that we can become oaks of righteousness. It's only through doing that that our lives can produce what they're meant to produce. So in closing, today, will you say, No to self-will. Will you say no to what you want and turn and say yes to what God wants and give him your life? Believe that God is really challenging some people here to do that this morning. And the great news is God loves you and he wants you to do it. He wants you to turn. He wants you to follow his good, pleasing and perfect plan for your life. Will it be easy? No, it won't. It's like climbing Ingleborough. There'll be times when it's straightforward. There'll be times when it's a bit harder. And there'll be times when it is really steep. But I want to say to you, and it might be that there's somebody here and you've been following Jesus a long time and you are feeling like Quitting. Or you might have been following that long and you're feeling like quitting. I want to scream at you with every fibre of my being don't give up. Don't stop coming to church. Keep walking with other Christians. If you don't want to do it for yourself, get here and keep walking. And as you keep walking, eventually you'll want to do it for you. Do not quit.